0: Well, here we are for another week. So amazing to have you all with me. I can't believe we're up to something like week 10 of this show. Who would have thought, well, I definitely didn't think I'd be doing weekly shows for 2020. I had grand plans for many events. But can I just say that health has definitely been the priority and this is one of the good things that's come out of a bad situation for me because I've had such a fantastic opportunity to talk to so many amazing personalities who have made sailing such a great sport and something that I just love. And this week is no different, but we better quickly bring in the Nick T. How are you going this week, gorgeous girl? Oh, I've got no audio. Where are you?
1: (laughs) It would help if I unmuted myself. Sorry. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Welcome. uh, No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm so keen to talk to our guests coming up.
0: I know it's going to be so much fun and uh, (laughs) I think we're going to have to get into the news just as quickly as we did last week and and I'm just going to comment on your little troubleshoot because we've had a few off air before the show started so I think that's our third we've done three now so we're good
1: you happy yes so no more is going to happen now
0: no more is happening now but (laughs) what we're going to do is get straight into our sailing news in 60 seconds and then we'll see our amazing guests for this week Sailing news in 60 seconds-ish. Sailing news in 60 seconds, effectively. I'm going to read it off my Word doc over here. So, excuse me, turning sideways. New Zealand's Director General of Health, Dr. Ashley Bloomfield, has outlined a likely protocol that will be used for athletes wishing to enter New Zealand This came at the end of a press conference that was actually held about COVID, so it's sounding a bit more positive for the America's Cup in New Zealand. I did have a video I was going to show, but we're going to scrap that and get straight on to our guests. Uh, It's not so much a triumphant homecoming from Europe for the Emirates Team New Zealand's AC75. It was the first to get into New Zealand. Some thought that it might be American Magic, who effectively went straight to New Zealand instead of via Cagliari. So uh, what's exciting is next week we may have Terry Hutchinson on the show, so we're just organising that now. Uh, Other sailing news, and I think one of our special guests may help us to clarify some rumours that I've heard that Hamilton Island Race Week might be a possibility given that restrictions are going to open up quite a lot more on the 1st of June here in Australia. But what we will do now is go to our Guests of the Week and I'm very excited. Here we go. Ta-da! We made it! We have Mr. Rob Mundell, the voice of sailing. And if Rob Mundell's known as the voice of sailing, then we're going to say that Bob is the brains of sailing. Can we go with that?
2: Be <laughs> debatable in a few centers, I think. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Especially after this evening, we'll talk about it later in the show. We're going to stay quite positive with everything that's been going on. But for those who don't know, Rob Mundell, uh one of, oh, gosh, I don't know, one of the big contributors to our sport, as is Bob Fisher, both exceptionally good riders, exceptionally good sailors in their own right, and exceptionally good partiers.
2: Oh, Plenty of practice like over a lot of years.
0: <laughs> I respect you on all fronts. <laughs> so I guess my first question is going to be, and we'll we'll talk about this more. I mean, Bob Fisher, when did you start sailing? How old were you?
3: I won my first race when I was only two. I went wow. with my father in a Brightening Sea 1 design and we won... And I was two years and three months old, I think, at the time. But so you know, I was deep sailing into deep into sailing
2: before I can remember anything else.
0: Oh, and you and you, Rob. I've got Rob and Bob. This is going to be fun.
2: Well, I um, I won an around the backyard race when I was about three, I think. I used a um, tomato case, a broomstick, a Holland blind. Um, and uh, I just had sailing in the blood and I couldn't get enough adrenaline out of it all. I set this thing up in my backyard and threw my brother and the family cat in the boat, and away we went, and we, it was just a dream run. I think I sailed around the world that day, but that was where it started, but just quickly where, it, it just goes back right through the family for generation after generation. One of the books I wrote, I discovered that the master of the vessel I was writing about was my great-great-grandfather. Holy so gosh. yes, it's in the blood.
0: It is in the blood. And T, how old were you when you started sailing?
1: Um, there's a photo of me on a laser with my dad, and I'm still barely standing. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't know when I won my first race, though.
2: <laughs> hey, that I dates yeah. me something awful because I started the laser in Australia. And I look at you now. My God, how old am I then? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm the same. So T's dad and my dad were good mates, raced against each, other's, each other in the laser, except T and I are about 20 years apart uh, in, in our ages, even though our parents are the same age and, and I was exactly the same. There's pictures of me and nappies in the cockpit of the laser. So there you go. <laughs> so what we're going to do, T puts together this amazing trivia competition that uh, we, we look at each week. I was just trying to find a picture of you, Rob, in your nappy, but I can't seem to find it. Hang on. I'm going to try and bring it up, though, because we had a, a little bit of a slow start, everybody, to today's show. Um, basically, I'm going to say that we all had a bit of techn- technological hangover. Is that a good way of putting it?
2: Yeah, yeah. That'll do. Carry forward. <laughs> <laughs> Beyond my mental capacity. <laughs>
0: I'm going to bring in this picture for a That's minute. This, des- this describes what Mr. Rob Mundle was just talking about, and that was your first uh, round-the-world sailing expedition, wasn't it, Rob? Absolutely.
2: 29 Kangaroo Road, Collaroy Plateau, on Sydney's northern beaches. That was my youngest brother in the in the boat, Bruce, who now lives in Annapolis, has for a lot of years, and um, my other brother, who's a bushy. So uh, yeah. I uh, got the hammer, got the nails, got the broomstick, and away we went. And it's been that way ever since, as I say. Can't get it out of my blood.
0: I absolutely love it. That's just fantastic. So what we're going to do now is try and bring in the trivia competition because I do think that it's going to lead us in a lot of directions. So, T, what I might do is get you... uh, me? off the screen i might have to make you disappear are you okay with that All
1: oh, good okay
0: bye <laughs> bye. <laughs> bye no but firstly t you should tell these guys how many people took part in the trivia competition all about them this week
1: so we had two and a half thousand people participate in this trivia um yeah in this trivia this week and yeah that was really fun counting all the votes a lot obviously a lot of people love you guys because there are a lot of people to go through
0: indeed and i think we had a winner as well t
1: yes let me just find it all these instagram handles ah
0: you can do it um her name I know it. Oh, it
1: was no. Jesse Doby. Yeah, Jesse Dobie. <laughs> Sorry.
0: Are you nervous yeah. tonight, T? Yeah, these guys are nervous. They're making you nervous. <laughs> You're a bit cute. Yeah, no, it's Jesse Doby. I know it's fun when you get your heroes on it. Now what I'm just trying to do now is get Mr. Bobfish There we go. We've got it. All right, we're gonna flick into the trivia. Here we go, Trivia Thursdays. And this is with all things Bob and Rob. Now, first question off the rank. What color socks does Bob Fisher nearly always wear? Bob, do you want to answer this one?
3: (laughs) Yeah, I can answer that one in a flash and I'll tell you why too. Yes, can you tell I us why? Always, I always wear red socks. There's no other colour sock in my drawers. So, and why um, is that? When I was living in London and sending stuff off to the washerteria down the road, you could guarantee that if I sent a pair of socks off or three pairs of socks, only two and a half would come back. So trying to match up socks, and I thought if they were all of one colour all my socks the same color they were easy to match and so i thought about it and i preferred red so i got red socks
0: that is a great idea you,
3: you you can find plenty of pairs of red socks in my drawers but nothing else
0: and you're wearing them now i had to check that's why i put a little uh a little sort of precursor into this question. Nearly always wears because I was like, "What if he doesn't wear red socks on the show?" There
3: they
2: there are. There you go. Oh, Fisher, put that down. That's terrible. <laughs> See, how is
3: that? <laughs> that was a good ad for very flexible.
0: Yeah, no, they're fantastic. So they are the amazing socks of Mr. Bob Fisher. Now, the second question that we have, and I quite like this one. I can't read it though, so I'm going to have to get the actual show up, uh, the actual questions up on my screen, and I'm struggling here, I've got so much going on. So it is in what dinghy did Bob Fisher win both a world and a national championship? And may I say that it was actually three worlds in this one class. Do you know the answer, Rob? Yep. Yep.
2: Hornet, it was the Hornet.
0: The Hornet. Yay. There you go, Fish. <laughs> that is three worlds in a Hornet. That's pretty phenomenal. How many people got it hard right, T? Yeah, hard work.
1: You know, not many people got that one right. Everyone just went straight for lasers. It's like a – but 65 people, I think, they yeah, ob- got um,
2: – they, they obviously don't know how old Fisher is. I know. <laughs>
0: Don't think the laser was invented yet.
2: No.
3: <laughs> hey, come on. No, late sixties late
2: sixties, early seventies, the laser.
0: Oh, awesome. So the next question. Bob Fisher has been reporting and writing about the America's Cup since. A the beginning of time. B birth. <laughs> C none of us can remember. Or three, <laughs> all of the above. Or D, all of the above. What do you think the answer is?
2: I'll go with D for fish.
0: All of the above. <laughs> how long have you been writing about the America's Cup, Mr. Bob Fisher?
2: Uh, how long?
3: Oh, yeah. I think I went to my... Gradle in
2: 1963.
3: Oh, before that. I was going out to,
0: yeah. I think, is it true that you've been to every single America's Cup since 1967? Since 19 when?
3: 67? 60. Yeah. Yeah, I've been to all of those.
0: Yeah. But you've written about America's Cups as far back as 1851, a.k.a. number one.
3: Yeah, I have. Yeah, I, the research was difficult on that. I couldn't speak to anyone. Or <laughs> all, all those that I really wanted to talk to are um d de, de, de dead.
0: I know. It's some of like Mr. Bob Fisher's books about Captain Cook and whatnot.
3: <laughs> Mr. Mundle's books, yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly. Mr. Mundle. And I've got Mr. Rob and Mr. Bob. We'll have to get you to have buzzers. Well, I can tell <laughs> I,
2: I sh-
3: I can only tell you then, you know, we write about people who are dead so they can't get at us.
2: <laughs> That's right. No one can check the facts.
3: Oh, never, spoil
2: good, never spoil a good story by using the facts, eh, Fish? <laughs> no, no, no.
0: And for those who Maybe don't like know, <laughs> I know, I feel like I should put myself in between you because usually in media centres around the world, these guys are my family. I'm like in between, like sit in between them to make sure they don't fight. Right, you? Rob and Bob. (laughs) It's good fun. All right. Next question. What was the length of the record breaking broadcast which featured Rob Mundell's expert commentary for the finish of the 1983 America's Cup where Australia 2 took the win? We've worked out it was eight hours and ten minutes, wasn't it, Rob?
2: Yep. No one's even come close. Live on air for eight hours and 10 minutes. Bob Lobel out of Boston, myself and Dave Vitor, the owner of Courageous. And when we started, we went to air and the the day just went on because they had a false start there with the weather. And they just went on and on and on. And then when the victory came, I was doing it for Channel 10 in Sydney and it finished up going all around the world, apparently, the coverage. And uh, anyway, when the boat got back to the dock and all the celebrations are going on there, um, Bondi was in the back of the tender black swan and Jim Hardy was with him and the, um, the uh, crowd started shouting, show us the keel, show us the keel, show us the keel. And Jim said to Bondi, hey, Alan, they want to see the keel, show them the keel. And Alan said, no, 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 I can't do that, Jim, I can't do that. And this is Bondi's modesty coming out here. He said, "Why can't you show them the keel?" And he said, "It'll be showing off," and he really meant that. He said, "I'll be showing off to the world." Mm. Anyway, the crowd just kept going and going, and Jim said, "Alan, you have to do it." And that's when Bondi leapt up to the back of the Black Swan and threw his arms in the air, and up came the curtain, and there was Benny's famous wing keel. Yeah, I was saying. Amazing, to, amazing day.
0: I was saying to JB. That was
2: an amazing. <laughs> moment.
0: Well, you were you? Were there, an Bob? Amazing you?
3: moment and an amazing day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Bob, you've reported on America's Cup since before you were born. It definitely was a (laughs) a, a marked moment in history.
2: Uh, A marked moment in sporting history. I don't don't think in Australia that anything would ever come close. People say, oh, the Melbourne Cup stops a nation. Well, the Melbourne Cup doesn't cause people to stop their cars in the middle of the Sydney Harbour Bridge and dance around it and the Prime Minister finish up with beer all over him. So. I don't think there's anything in sporting history in Australia that will ever come remarkably close to the America's Cup. And it's a shame today's generation really can't see or appreciate what happened on that day and what it meant for Australia. Australia really came of age that day.
0: Yeah. And as I said, yeah. I'm definitely going to have to give you guys buzzers. So, um, so Bob, yeah. you were saying?
3: Was I saying something? I've probably forgotten. Now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Bit of craft there, Fish. Craft,
3: yeah, definitely.
0: Tell us about craft now, because nobody will understand. <laughs>
3: I'll, I'll leave that from, one to you. Um, I suffer from Kraft syndrome. Kraft, yeah. craft syndrome. Craft, C-R-A-F-T. Can't remember. Can't remember a, a flaming
2: thing. thing. <laughs> That's right, isn't it?
3: That's right. Yeah. yeah.
2: There
3: are lots of different F's, of course.
0: <laughs> Indeed. We could have lots of different Fs, and there will be many different acronyms later on in the show. So we'll go back to the trivia. Eight hours and ten minutes was that phenomenal broadcast. So where did Rob Mundell broadcast from for the final day of the 1983 Cup? Not many people got this right. It was from the Greens of the White House as far
2: as my... No, that's that's not right. That's (laughs) not right. So anyone saying the White House, sorry, no word at the White House. We were at the inn at Castle Hill out on the headland at the entrance to the harbour going into Newport. And we had an outdoor podium there. The three of us sat on that. And it was fantastic because we were immediately adjacent to this wonderful outdoor bar. And so every time we go to a commercial break, there'd be six drinks lined up alongside us. Now, what are they drinking? Oh, it was amazing. But they were so full of so many great memories and could just, you had to give the drinks away. It was unbelievable.
0: And um, Bob, where were you?
2: What well,
3: when Australia won the cup?
0: Yep. Hate to rub it in your face.
4: I
3: was, well, I was, uh, I was in a uh, in a wonderful place. A boat. <laughs> I wasn't getting half, I wasn't getting half the, the, the joy that Mundell was getting in the beer that he was getting. I was just out there concentrating on the fact of you know, good, look what's happened. They've won the cup. Bit of history but it was it, yeah. was it was a moment in history you never ever forget
2: it will never be repeated
3: no no because remember 100, 132 Always. years
2: of unbroken history
0: unbelievable and then you a big me, break yeah it makes me a bit breathless actually and i think we'll talk a little bit later on in the show about bob about uh, you know the the British push to bring the cup home, especially now. It was interesting talking. I know. It was interesting talking to JB last week because he said that he's not sure Australia will ever put a contingent together again as such because there's no real need to because, you know, it's already been won as such. Whereas there's a big push from the UK to actually have a crack.
3: Yeah, well, you know Ben Ainsley's doing his best to to bring it back, mm. uh, or Sir Ben, as I should call him. <laughs> um, he, yeah, he's a great guy. <laughs> uh, Got to remember, it's, it's saving in his blood. His mm. father took pl- part in the first Whitbread. Um, he had a boat in it. He chartered a boat and entered the first Whitbread, so that's right in the Ainsley blood. Mm. Uh, I remember. His mother couldn't go because uh, she was expecting a child, and it wasn't Ben; it was the, the elder sister uh-huh. that was on the way when when father did the whip bread. So um, there you go. It's uh, it, it, he's he's still concentrating pretty hard, I can tell you, mm. uh, over across there in uh, yeah. Well, he spent a little bit of time in Yarmouth, but uh, if most of his time is in Portsmouth. And uh, yeah, he gets the gets the boat out, and uh, I've been out with him and, uh, and one or two others in a power boat with it, and it does go quite fast. I like can assure you of that. But he's not happy with it. I ran into the boat builder who does his work, Jason Carrington, uh, on the foreshore the other day, and uh, we chatted, and he said uh, that I said, "Well, how are you doing with a new boat?" He said, "I tell you what, it's nowhere near like the first one." So there you are, Muddle, news.
2: News. That, yeah, that, well, that's happened before today, hasn't it? You build a second boat and it's no good. You can't match the first one.
3: Goodness. No.
0: It sounds like that happens a lot.
2: It does. Well, not a lot, but it's quite often. It's not the first time that's happened.
0: The backwards backwards of the pancake theory. You know, the first pancake's always a lemon. Yeah. <laughs> we should take the well, first one. We should have, I have one pancakes. on it. <laughs> Now, um, now, moving right along, the next question is, how many books has Rob Mundell written? Uh, four books, 10 books, 16 books or 19 books? And the answer, of course, is you've just released your 19th book, 19, 19 books.
3: books. It's still behind me.
0: I know, because wow. how many have yeah, you but... written, Bob? <laughs>
2: 36.
0: 36. Yeah,
2: but hey, Fish, three pages is in the book.
0: (laughs) Hey, there's one that's two
2: volumes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's
3: got more pages in than all of
2: this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I guess it's like picking a favourite child. But Rob, Bob, what's your favourite book that you've written? Oh dear, oh dear. Have a think.
2: Well, I'd have to say Fatal Storm. Catamaran.
0: What did you say, Bob? We've got Fatal Storm.
3: Catamaran Racing,
0: Catamaran which I wrote Racing.
3: with Reg White. Mind you, he didn't know how to write at all. <laughs> so um, yeah, Catamaran Racing is my favorite book. Catamaran Racing, there you go.
2: For fa- well, fatal. I went with Fatal Storm because really, It was a story of that terrible 1998 Hobart race but something that gives me great pleasure is the number of people who still come up to me and say it's a bible Mm -hmm. and uh, when we go cruising or we're going racing I get someone to new people to read it and realise what can happen, how fast it can happen and how you can do your best to get out of trouble. So that gives me enormous pleasure that that book is still selling, selling well around the world and and serving a big purpose within the sport.
0: And one of the stories that people may not have heard, which is one of my favourites that I I want to write about one day is when it was all happening. Uh, Rob, you actually called Bob on the telephone.
2: Yeah, to uh, fill him in as far as what was going on for sure. Mm. So uh, that yeah. was an interesting... But it was amazing. There was so much mayhem in Hobart at the time because realistically no-one ever dreamt that it would be as bad as it was, so there was a lot of preparation lacking, but it's only through the experience of the event that that's been fixed now. But I had fathers, mothers, family ringing me saying, what's happened, where are they, what do you know? And um, one of the big highlights was to be able to ring a family in Sydney and tell them that the boat was still afloat and their son was alive. And the emotion that came out of that phone call, I'll never forget as long as I live.
0: Yeah, unbelievable. And and then you'd rung Bob because... Of the 1979 Fastnet race? Yeah, Bob? Fastnet race. Yeah. Yeah. Because, Bob, that was a bad one too.
2: Oh, was it ever? Mm.
3: <laughs> yeah. I can remember I was there in Plymouth waiting, counting them in and seeing just who was coming in.
2: Yeah. And
3: I remember spending a lot of time that day with uh, one part of that day with Sid Fisher. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah. We've been through it.
2: Yeah.
0: Another sailing great, Sid Fisher. Sure is. Gosh, gosh, he was a good one. Or yeah. well, still is, but you know what I mean.
2: Yeah.
3: Having it. Well, I always coming. found I could get uh, I could get a good story out of an Australian.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, always. <laughs> well, we what about stories. the what about the story of uh, Ragamuffin coming home from Fastnet Rock in this howling gale and the spinnaker set, and I think it was Peter Henry. his job was to sit on the foredeck at the mast base with a flare in his hand. And if the boat went out of control and they couldn't get the spinnaker under back under control, he was to t- throw the flare into the spinnaker and burn it down. And that's for real. Yeah.
3: Oh my gosh. Yeah,
2: it is. I know that. Gosh. gosh. Well, see
0: what yeah. I mean? I mean, a lot of people um, say, well, why are you getting Bob and Rob on your show? They're not sailing anymore. What are you doing?
2: I'm like, oh gosh. I beg your pardon? What do you exactly.
0: mean? Exactly. <laughs> You've got I've more spent, stories and no more three days me exactly.
1: <laughs> know
2: more about this boat. Exactly. I am getting old. I went and looked at a powerboat the other day, oh, which no. <laughs> suddenly scared me. You'll be pleased to know I didn't proceed with the purchase. So.
0: <laughs> well, the, well, the best powerboat—the best powerboat I've ever been on, I think, was that rum jungle for your eightieth, Bob. Oh. oh, yeah, that was fun.
3: Yes, and of course that's registered in, to an Australian club. If you look on the transom of it, it has RFBYC. Oh my Royal Freshwater Bay. Bay.
2: Yeah, yeah. Good,
0: good club. Amazing. <laughs> All right, let's yeah. let's move on and see what else we I'll can I've some happy
3: hours there too. I can tell you. The Royal funnily, Freshwater
0: Bay. Oh, Royal Freshwater Bay is beautiful. Now, funnily enough. Oh. Uh, the next question that we had was What is the title of Rob Mundell's best selling book covering the 1998 Sydney Hobart? It's also his favourite, so we know. That is Fatal Storm. Ta da! And the next question What was the name of the 2019 documentary, also a team name, that Bob Fisher featured in? It was Maiden! Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> We just mentioned that we yeah, well, we've before. the we've mm.
3: got a lot to answer for in that film. <laughs> Do you know what <laughs> I love?
0: Do you know what I love though Bob? You took full responsibility for calling them a tin full of tarts and moved on yeah, to smart I, I, fast tarts.
3: Yeah. Well, fast smart they became smart tarts and then fast smart tarts.
0: Fast smart tarts. So,
3: well, you know, you've got to give where it's due. Mm.
0: Indeed, you would have
2: struggled with that theory. fish. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> yeah, I well, did.
2: <laughs> look,
0: it was interesting, actually, when we had Tracy on the show a few weeks ago. And, oh, yeah. And she loves you, Bob, <laughs> to her credit. and uh, And her and I get on really well. And then you and I get on really well. I'm like, what is that? Do we just have good banter? <laughs> yeah. Simple answer. Something like that. <laughs> but I mean, what changed for you? That I think that's another big change in sailing, maiden, Bob.
3: Yeah, it was that um, that a tinful of tarts could get round the whole of the Whitbread course. Yeah, I mean, boat full of women. What was that doing? You know, really, but. They came good in the end. So they became fast, smart tarts.
0: <laughs> Indeed, and I love oh. that. It was interesting what Tracy said, and, and it really grabbed me when she said that there was so much pressure because she felt like she wasn't just trying to make a step forward. But if she didn't succeed, she might be holding other women back. That's a lot of yeah. pressure.
2: Mm. I, I, I read a book called Under Full Sail, which was a clipper ship era. And I tell you, even back then, some of the most amazing stories were from the women who were on board the ship and navigators and backing up their husbands who were the masters and everything else. There's some great, great stories from women. It was—it's not all that new. They go so far back as being past, part of the crew of and really being active on board the ships it was wonderful to read.
0: Indeed, there's some great stories around, and most of them involve you in some form or other. You too, terrible.
2: Don't have a worry. <laughs>
0: But here's the the second last question of our quiz, which was what dessert did Bob Fisher describe the maiden team as in 1989? And of course, that was tarts. (laughs) Everyone had lovely choice of
2: words, Fish. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And our last question, gentlemen, uh, is what does sins? the name of the global secret society of which Bob Fisher and Rob Mundell were both founding members in 1972 stand for. So we have the social interactions for nautical storytellers, the society of intrepid nautical spinners, the society of international nautical spinners, or what is actually the correct answer, the society of... International scribes,
2: nautical scribes,
0: yes, nautical, nautical scribes. scribes. <laughs> Indeed, I'm now a member. Yeah, that,
2: yeah absolutely. We do. We allow when when we think it's fantastic. But, but sins was formed in the kiddies' wading pool at the Travel Lodge Motel across the park at Bayswater from the Cruising Yacht Club in Sydney, and that was in 1971. Yep. When um, we, we were disappointed with the way the media covering the sport and promoting the sport was being dealt with or treated by a certain organisation that was um, running a World Offshore Championship that year. And so we decided with there's safety in numbers, we should do something about it. So we all went and got a beer, sat in the kids' waiting pool and came up with the idea of getting together as a group. And, you know, for the benefit of the sport as much as anything. And we did that. And then we came up with the name of Sins, which was very appropriate. I thought, in fact, I have them. here, you I have here, I just, I found it this week. This is a 1983, well, hang on, I've got to get myself going here. 1983 America's Cup jacket. There it is there. Excellent. With Sins on it. Well, it's got Sins on it. From 1983 America's Cup. So we go... We turn up at just about anywhere we go matters and the background shot there is uh, the I team of us it. in the kiddies' waiting pool.
0: Indeed. It's massive. I'm trying to get everybody oh, in the good. frame. Hang on.
2: <laughs> Here
0: we go. I'll move it.
2: There you, you go. That you was there. me on the left when I had hair.
0: <laughs> I love it. That's
2: your brother. My brother's <laughs> on the other side with a half a beard. Bruce.
0: <laughs> so good. And you, the Peter
2: Campbell, Stefton.
0: I might have to bring it. I, this is amazing. I love, I've I got all these photos that you sent through, Mr. Mundell, are just phenomenal. I mean.
2: Some some amazing so stories.
0: Yeah, basically you weren't happy, you are saying, with how the sport was being transcribed, basically.
2: Well, the, the media essentially were just, go away, we don't want to know about you. Well, we need the results, we've got deadlines coming and it just didn't happen. All sorts yeah. of other things about access and here it was and then finally we said, well, it's better to do something about numbers and so we got together and fun as it was, sins and a good reason to go and have a drink and some spectacular parties over the years. But um, it, the group really did do some, some great things for getting publicity, getting the, yeah. the momentum behind the sport as far as publicity was concerned. It really worked.
0: It's so great. Oh, I mean, I became a member in Bermuda, I believe, when we were all there. And there's some fantastic Yeah, people. you did. Yeah, there's some fantastic people that do just absolutely incredible things for our sport. We're incredibly lucky. Um, I'll see if I can find uh, another shot that was... I'm just going to see if I can find it. I might get killed for this one. Are you ready? This is from a Sins
2: party. Go. Ta-da! <laughs> There's a story there, Fish. <laughs> dear, oh, dear. Will I tell a story?
3: I love stories. You, you tell it.
2: Well, what, what happened right. there? At, at our SINS parties, we had a every major regatta, we had a party of great significance. SINS members essentially only and only to be there, occasional special VIP guests. And at each party, we had a thing called Smee Frock, that's me frock. That's my dress. Mm-hmm. And if you'd done something ridiculous or whatever else over the previous twelve months, the regatta or whatever, you had to wear smee frock to the party, and uh, you were presented with smee frock. Then at the next sins party, you handed it on to someone else. Well, what happened here was, I had to wear the smee frock for the previous year because I became a television news weatherman on Channel Ten in Sydney. And for Good Morning Australia as well, so that was above and beyond the call of duty. That was ridiculous. So I got me frock for that year. <laughs> Fisher, I can't even remember what you did, but it was so bad that you got that little outfit. Don't it really you look suits gorgeous,
3: you. I, Bob? You look beautiful. I have there. no idea. I, I tell you, I suffer from crafts.
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay, Can okay, I- this party, this party was at the America's Cup in San Diego. It was a monster, and at oh. the end of the day. There were 94 of us at the party. We got up and they put 94 tequila slammers right along the bar. I'll never forget it. And every all 94 people went up to the bar and slammed the te- tequila slammers down and where they went and then called for a second round. That was done in like 10 minutes. Huge. Never seen 94 tequila slammers go down in one hit.
0: Oh, my gosh. I did say that you guys are the knowers of all yeah. things sailing and the partiers of all things sailing at the start of this. I learned from you. I learned from you.
3: <laughs> well, I don't know about that. <laughs> when you're holding a party.
0: <laughs> Indeed. No, it's all good. I uh, I found this shot too. I feel like I'm ganging up on Bob, um, but th- at least you're not wearing a dress. In- That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I found this one as well. Um this one? Apparently- oh yeah, well
3: I was holding a party on board a, a boat that I owned at one time. Yeah. Um, that had a uh, life raft well in the cockpit. <laughs> and it seemed like a good idea to plug, plug the uh, well and uh, fill it up with, with good beer, booze. And there it is.
0: This was labelled as your Twitter I hope it's first. not beer
2: fish when you look at what's floating around in there.
3: <laughs> no, it was um, quite good stuff in there, a lot of rum. A lot oh, of rum, I love it. But that was uh, that was that was the good old Barracuda of Tarrant. Yep, of which which was the uh, the boat of a certain uh, television show.
2: Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, your moment moment of fame was wonderful.
3: Oh, yeah. Well, we uh, we did well with that. Did well with that. She used to go too. Went like hell. Yeah. Couldn't stop a downwind.
0: But in all um in all seriousness, you guys have had some big parties and I'm I'm gonna claim craft, by the way. I'm gonna take that on board. Uh but um uh, I mean you've written some phenomenal things as well. This one in particular, Bob, a lot of people know
2: you for. You're American. Yeah, cup. well they will out there. Mm. Yeah. And Bob Ross as I'm well, who wish. was is another great yachting journal in this part of the world.
0: Get to see him yeah. at the CYC. Gosh, I miss yeah. hanging out with, you know, Bob Ross and Tony Cable. I'm hoping they're all okay with the lockdown.
2: There'll oh, be another so wave behind it, Nick.
0: Mm. Indeed. And we spoke a little bit earlier. Let's see. I think I've got a picture. Where is it? Well, I've got Fatal Storm here, obviously. And I've got, I thought I had one of you, Bob, with, with Ben, so we could show that. But gosh, you guys have done so many things, I swear. I nearly broke the internet this week Googling the two of you. Do you know hey, what Nick, I ha- if,
2: <laughs> Sorry, Nick, have you got that photo there of fish sitting at the table in the restaurant by himself? Because oh, yeah. there's a I'll real story one. there.
0: You start telling the story, and I'll
2: get the picture. No, no, well, you have got to see the picture. So it's a, it's a beauty. Right. Well, you'll find it, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we had a sins. We were in San Diego for the cup, and we had a sins dinner one night. And I guess there was about twenty of us there, and um, it was a really good oh, night. And uh, there you go. We'll have a look at that. And um, <laughs> keep
3: talking.
2: What happened? We uh, we're sitting there having a lovely night. Everyone's chatting amongst themselves. And then it was noticed that one of our our more prominent members was at the table with us, sitting over the other side, sound asleep, arms folded, sound asleep in the middle of the... There, you look at this. There he is, see, just on the right, with the red petal there. And If you look hard now, you might see a similarity between that guy and Bob Fisher of today, because that actually is Bob Fisher back in all those years ago. Anyway, Fisher was sound asleep. So we got this great idea where we got up, we paid the bill, and we went away over to the other side of the bar and left in there. People are walking into the restaurant. Is this guy sound asleep at this table for 20 by himself?" Anyway, we went to the staff of the restaurant and said, "Look, can you do us a favor here? Will you go over and present the guy with the bill for the dinner?" And it was like quite a few hundred dollars. And so typical fisher, the guy went over and said, oh, "Sir, sir, uh, look, your friends have left and they said you're covering the bill." And fishers looked at him and looked at the empty table and gone, looked at the bill and gone Hoof! and with that, got up and walked straight out, straight back and arms swinging and gone into the night. Typical <laughs> fish, it was perfectly well, you English, would, just you? marched out, didn't look at your anyone, lip, lip bottom lip curled.
0: Let him talk.
2: It was a wonderful night.
0: What do you say, Bob? You'd I said, yourself. well,
3: you would, wouldn't you, if, if, you, if you'd if found that your mates had gone out and left you with a bill, even if you'd gone to sleep. That's, just, that's 100%. not one you'd think of a fellow sinner.
2: We were all the other side of the restaurant and the house just came apart because we had the whole restaurant woken up to what was going on. It was fantastic. A little round of applause as you departed.
0: Unbelievable. A very different... Yeah, bob. yeah
2: and I probably
3: did that as well.
0: A very different Bob <laughs> to this one.
3: Yeah, this, what, Bob's this a, one here?
0: Yeah, this Bob. Look at this Bob. He's really serious sitting and Come hanging with Bob with, Ains- with a, Ben Ainsley.
3: With the most
0: uh, successful a Olympian ever. Indeed. Uh, it's so good, isn't it? Sailing's amazing. It's such a leveller.
2: Yeah. Sure is. On shore oh. and on the water.
0: Indeed. I mean... Obviously, Bob, you really have a, a strong connection with Ben. But both of you yeah. have had an opportunity to meet some phenomenal people in our sport. Who are the standouts oh, yeah. to you,
3: Bob? Uh, oh, several, I think. You know, John Bertrand was one of my favourite people mm. because he did one of the things that nobody else had ever done. Mm-hmm. Um there are all sorts of people here John Oakley was really one of my almost gods, because mm. um, he won so much and he was he was right into he was the first one really to put a challenge worthwhile challenge from England together, and then the management sacked him at the, just as they're going into the, the real event. Well, I can appreciate that. But uh, yeah, I mean, Jono was really one of the best flying Dutchman and uh, as well as bigger boats and wherever he went into a bigger boat, he won comfortably. So yeah, he was for years my hero, Uh, but there were several, several good guys and Owen Parker Probably the best professional that's ever been. Uh, and, of course, he got to look after Teddy, who wasn't such a bad sailor in his own right. wasn't that bad. Um, he couldn't have been that bad because he sailed a fireball.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and I know another fireball world champion.
3: Well, yeah. Well, yeah. It was a good... Uh, I had a good sailmaker in those days man called Peter Bateman made all my sails and made this absolute, we went into the the championships with the first low cut jib of fireballs had ever seen. And of course we won. (laughs) Not too difficult when you've got something better than all the rest.
0: Well, you also have to put the boat in the right place and not crash it.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What about you?
2: What about you, Rob? Any standouts? Um, I digress a little. Hughie Trahan, I think, is one of the greats of all time. Uh, tactician, like there's no tomorrow. Tactician on Australia too. Great 18-foot skiff sailor. All-around fabulous sailmaker. There's so much about Hughie Trahan that we don't know. I was fortunate enough to share a far 727 with him, the first far keelboat to come into Australia called Waikikamukau, mm. which, as we know, had a sad <laughs> demise, but we won't go into that. But um, anyway, Huey, actually, Huey, you know, very, very few people in Australia would know that Huey Trahan and John Longley are responsible for the boxing kangaroo flag as we know it. Indeed. And that was because in 71, uh, 71, 72, the Admirals Cup, the uh, Savory had a match race with Bondi in near-identical boats for a pile of gold coins or something. And so, uh, and Bondi won it. And so, the Savory had this flag of, Bird G on his boat with a bulldog looking very arrogant and pompous on his on his boat all the time. So there we are that's another story there I'll tell you about that one that's amazing I couldn't believe that. Yeah. anyway um, anyway <laughs> what happened kangaroo. was uh, yeah. the boxing kangaroo flag so Hughie and Chink said, well we've got to do something about this we're beating them so they came up with this concept for a kangaroo uh, with boxing gloves on and the bulldog lying flat on its back. And they made up that flag in a day or so. Anyway, long story short, when it came to the America's Cup um, in 83 in Newport, the guys decided they should have a battle flag. And suddenly Huey and Chink said, what about the boxing kangaroo? And they've gone, hang on, yeah, why don't we do that? And then Huey came up primarily with the colors and the red gloves and all that stuff. And off they went and they made up the boxing kangaroo and that's how it came about. Why it's on the tail of this Qantas aircraft here, that was after the America's Cup was won, and uh, we went down to the White House and was celebrated there and everything else, and then flew, most of the team flew across. I was fortunate enough to come back with them. And we got to um, to LA from Washington, and the boss of Qantas there said, I'll oh, come out, I've got something to show you. And we kept hearing these stories about what had happened in Australia, you know, when we won the cup and what how people had done silly things and the celebrations and we just couldn't believe it. None of us, you know, I was on the media side, they were on the sailing side and we're just saying that can't have happened, that can't have happened. We got to there, got to the tarmac and the guy from Qantas said come outside I've got something to show you. And we walked out onto the tarmac and saw that they'd taken out the flying kangaroo and put the boxing kangaroo on the tail of the aircraft. Just about brought a tear to a glass eye. That's when we, for me anyway, and I know I think a lot of the other blokes, we really realised what the win in the America's Cup meant back in Australia. I was there for five months and it was just, you know, and you kept hearing these stories and my God, no, no, no. Amazing. And it was
0: true. I'm just going to read you some of the comments that are coming through on social media at the moment. Uh, someone's just said, Tell Mr. Mundell I just ordered three of his books. Apparently, on one of the websites, they're doing an Aussie Explorers package, and you can get three. They are, yeah. Books. yeah. So, there you go. Someone else has said the same from the 1983 America's Cup. Uh, I may have the case that it belongs in. Oh, wow. In their house?
2: Really? Really?
0: <laughs> from some party and a spanner or something?
2: And, oh, oh uh, that, yeah, that could be right. Yeah, I think the, the original case did Yeah, disappear. I remember that. The story, the story goes that when when Australia won the cup, New York Yacht Club, now I don't know 100% this is true, but it does make a bit of sense because I knew one of the guys involved. They couldn't get rid of the cup quick enough, so they rocketed up to Newport, Rhode Island, and the, that night they didn't know what to do with it or where to put it or whatever, and a guy I know who's an English guy was, was there... With the New York Yacht Club guys, and he actually slept with the cup so it couldn't be stolen. In Put it in his bed and he put it between himself and the wall, and he slept. Now, that's, whether that's myth or what, I don't know, but the guy, the guys who told me, I, I tend to trust. So, uh, yeah, that was amazing. And that's when, oh, the other guy, of course, Benny Lexon, when you say who's the greats of all time, Huey Trahan and the other, I forgot, I meant to mention Benny Lexon. How could you go past Benny with what he's done? What he did over the years, and look at that boat. The story behind Australia, too, is just amazing.
0: It's really interesting you say that because yeah. I asked sure. JB a similar question, and he said uh, Victor Kovalenko, Ben Lexen, and Paul Elstrom for him were yeah. standouts in terms of character. So Sure. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Did you ever meet Elstrom Fish?
3: Yes, I did. Many a time and oft. Um, and he was a great man. Mm. Great man.
2: I saw. Um, I, remember, I. Oh, sorry, fish. Huge talent. I have one other on the thing.
0: Right, you two. I'm going to put me in the. No, mainstream. no, it's all right. It's
2: all right. There's a <laughs> slight delay, which makes it a little bit difficult. But anyway, forgive me. But I remember in the when was 40, 40, 40, 60, about very early 1960s. Elstrom was in Adelaide for the World 505 Championship, mm-hmm. and Jim Hardy was there going for it as well. And I remember on the cover of Modern Boating, I was racing 18 footers in the Daily Mirror, having come out of 16s. And there's a shot of Elstrom sailing the 505 in Adelaide. He had his daughter as crew and she was very light. So he put himself as helmsman on the trapeze and his daughter sat in the boat. I thought, wow, look at that, the helmsman on the trapeze. No one was doing it anywhere that I was aware of, and uh, apart from him, obviously. Yeah. And so I've gone. Hang on, this this would be pretty good for the 18. The 18 back then was a four-hander. So the next weekend I went down with, or during the week with the guys, set it up, and became the first guy ever to steer an 18 off the wire. And the difference it made to the performance of the boat was just incredible. So the boat I say, overpowered oh, the, the poor old thing. She absolutely blew apart off Bradley's head one day and sank, well, half sank. Oh no! So, but that was an amazing effort with yeah. the, with that concept that he. He brought into the sport.
0: Did he win a world's sailing like that? I think I heard he won the worlds
2: in Adelaide. I'm sure my memory, old as it is, I think that's right. And (laughs) and Jim Jim had Jim was sailing a boat called Black Bottle, Mm. and um, I think yeah Jim was second. I think I I can't. Anyway, someone will come in and tell you. You know, Jim won it or Elson won it. I can't remember. Too much information.
3: I'll give Jim a ring and ask him
0: i've redone this frame so i'm in the middle of you now look
2: yeah yeah that's much better yeah <laughs> keep us apart <laughs> this is
0: just like being in the media center <laughs>
2: yeah it is I'm, too isn't it I don't like
3: that.
0: so how are you guys going this is two... sailing events
2: which sailing event
0: yeah how are you going just in Another general event? it's been a weird year
2: yeah it sure has well, yeah, we, uh, a bit of news that surfaced today, it looks like Hamilton Island Race Week is going to happen. Uh, but in a very, very modified version, um, a bit, there's a, an announcement coming from the Premier of Queensland this Sunday about borders, I think, don't take that as gospel. But what I think is going to happen, um, speaking of Berkey today and all that, um, they're going to put the regatta on in a very low key affair, no social activities. But if you want to be there to race, we want to have a, a regatta um, and there'll be no big events, big functions, just good time. And what it's going to be more or less is like the first cup, first race week back in 84 and when Keith Williams owned the island. And um, I was, well, I blame my trumpet again, but I was there right from the outset because you know, Dave Hutchin and a whole bunch of others, and I contributed to putting the whole thing together. But it was an amazing event, and that was all built around adrenaline and having a good time. And I think if the whole thing does get up this year, it'll be so simple, but just plain fun. I got a phone call yesterday from some guys in <laughs> Melbourne uh, who are thinking about coming up, and they're all sitting on their boats, virtually ready to go if it's going to happen. So, it'll. I think well, there's what seventy boats plus entered already, so hopefully we can get something up and running or they can.
0: That would be great because I think that race week was born out of the 1983 win as well, wasn't it, Rob?
2: What, yeah, what, what happened was Keith Williams was in Hawaii for the uh, Clipper Cup, the Pan Am Clipper Cup. And, um, and then uh, he saw that and really got excited about it all. And then, um, I, I modesty prevails, he, I was in Newport. I'd known Keith for a long while. And he came to me in Newport and said, "Hey, at the America's Cup in 83, and he said, hey, do you think we could run a regatta at Hamilton Island? And having been there and sailed around the Sundays, I said, for sure, great venue. So he got Hutchin and others together, and we flew in, landed on a dirt airstrip on Keith's private jet, that's how far back it was, and organized the first ever Hamilton Island Race Week. And it was just a no-brainer, it took off. We had 91 yachts, including a hitchhiker, which was shipped by road across from Perth, the Admiral's Cup boats. They dri- drove it across just to be at the regatta. We had Sid Fisher there with his maxi. The whole scene, it was amazing. Poured with rain for most of the time, so the street party wasn't the Mardi Gras, it became the Muddy Gras, and it <laughs> went on from there. So we, it was just a great, great event, and that really launched the Hamilton Island Race Week. That's
0: so You cool. can't
2: match it anywhere in the world now.
0: There is another amazing week that I'm lucky to be a part of and another journalist that I wish could have joined us tonight but he's not so uh, great right now is Stuart Alexander. We love him. Right. Um, I've got this interview that I did with him and you, Bob, at Cow's Week last year. So I I thought I might show everybody that interview. Can I do that? Shall we watch it? Well, I
3: don't know. I think... (laughs) I don't come up very well with
0: that, do I? You're beautiful. You can make it up in a second. Well, that's,
3: yeah, but that's got nothing to do with it. I may be beautiful, but...
0: Everybody knows you're intelligent. Go on. And, and a bit of a precursor, Bob spends a lot of his time looking after his mate, Stu. Yeah. <laughs> This is Nick Douglas for Cow's Week 2019. We're kicking off the week with a bang. On my left, your right, I have the Stuart Alexander and not to be outdone, on my right, your left, we have the Bob Fisher. Now Stuart, am I able to refer to you as one of Sailing's most renowned yachting
4: journalists? Not whilst well, Bob's here. I think it's, uh, <laughs> he's, he's uh, very jealous.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Do you get jealous, Bob?
3: Not really, no. I don't have to to be do i (laughs) you do
0: not have to be jealous because how many cows weeks do you think that you have done
3: if i told you that somebody be able to guess my age i think and so i'm not going to tell you but i started here in the 1960s let's go that far back
0: and it's absolutely magnificent to have you here when you both walked into the media center this afternoon you've sailed at this event you've covered this event
4: yes Yes, done all of that made a mess all yes and, um, and been very naughty of course which uh, but I don't know if anybody's quite so naughty anymore if you go back to 70s everyone was hugely naughty but, uh, a lot of fun I don't think you were naughty well I tried I mean as as usual or whatever I try harder I fail but um, no it was good and and then somehow or another at the end of the past 79 things switched around a little bit from then on in and got a bit more serious
0: do you think i guess that shows that yachting journalism and yachting changed over the years bob were you naughty
3: me i should hope so good gracious if i wasn't naughty in cow's week when else can i be you know it's one of the places that naughtiness reigned But, you know, yeah, of course, well, we don't talk about it too much.
0: You're lucky it was pre-social media. Nobody nobody could take video.
3: No, thank God.
0: (laughs) But, I mean, what keeps you coming back to Cow's Week after so many years? What's so special about it, Stuart?
4: Well, for me, apart from the fact that I know quite a lot of people, um, the great thing is I can walk out of my flat door, turn around to the left, and it's there on the left. So it makes it very easy. I don't know where it fits into staycation terms, but um, I'm pretty close by.
0: Absolutely, and I love it how you said that you know quite a few people. You know everyone, just like you.
3: Oh, well, yeah, but you know, nevertheless, I mean, I, I keep coming, well, I keep coming to look after him. That's one of the things I come for.
4: That's right, and I've got to put up with him to put him out to look after me.
0: Do you have to put up with him to look after you so that you can actually look after him when he thinks he's looking after
4: you? That's about right. And he's, uh, still, we have some good lunches and some good dinners. And, and, uh, Talk but, about yachting. Well, not a great deal, I don't think. Well, sometimes, or inevitably because of so many mutual contacts and whatever. And it's that time of year when you're... Uh, at that time of that year when you're looking forward, not just... To, um, to what's going on in Cowswick but we we'll are build up now to the Olympic Games and whatever and what's been strange is we would normally also be looking forward to a Fastnet race and they've done been gone.
0: Is this the first time that's ever happened, that the Fastnet's been around that way?
3: Yes, it's, uh, it, it's all wrong. <laughs> I, you know, you turn my life going over, over and over and over. I'd like going to Plymouth, but you know, I like going to Plymouth after I've been here for a week.
0: But what, any favourite memories over, over the past few years? Well, one in particular, or two, or three, I don't mind.
3: No, they, they, all the memories just disappear into the dust. I'd rather not be good. <laughs> have it. What,
0: what about you, Stuart?
3: Well, I can't even remember
4: whole decades.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: See, this is proof that these guys have had way too much fun in cows. They can't even remember their favourite memory, but it is an absolute pleasure to have you both here with me.
4: Well, it's really what's encouraging, that all these years on we've still got over 600 boats entered, and that's, caused more than one person per boat for sure, and it just means that it's got something right, and that it's a really good fun regatta, and uh, I think I'd just like to add one thing that I very much hope I can look forward to twenty twenty vision.
0: And and for you, I guess, Bob, I mean six hundred entries. Did you ever think that might happen?
3: Well I'd hoped, of course, like, like the organizers did hope that it was gonna happen because this is this is a great regatta. It's it's been a national identity for many, many years. I mean it's a bit like you in that respect, Nick.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Angel. And I think on that note we're gonna finish here with Two of sailing's most renowned yachting journalists, love them both dearly, and it's so amazing to have them here with us. There's plenty more to come here at Cow's Week in. Two- well, there you go, Cow's Week 2020. I know Stu hoped to make it. I'm not sure whether Cow's Week will happen. It's a tentative. Um, but as it's, right going hap- it's, going it's going to happen. It's going to happen. There you go. Yeah. So, hopefully, Stu can make it to that one. But. I love that interview because you guys are like, oh, we were naughty. And then, oh, we weren't that naughty, says Bob Fisher, when we've just seen a whole stack of images maybe showing otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have a sip of champagne to that. Are you jealous that it's nighttime here, Bob?
3: Yes. Because I had to get up at o' Sparrows this morning. Well, thank you
0: so much. Thank you so much for doing Not- that because... A lot of the comments on on Facebook and on social media are thank you to you both for joining because some of these stories will be part of history um, in the future. And that's why (laughs) I wanted to show that interview with Stu too because, I I mean, a a lot of people think sailors make up all the stories, but I think in, in media terms, we know that the media people are the ones that record them. So thank you for collecting them all over the years
3: and i think mandle it's true that we try to take the gabble out of them
2: (laughs) yeah absolutely fish it's an occupational hazard isn't it but really regattas are only to get you from one party to another aren't they you just keep moving on from that party and that that regatta and then you go to another party and that's a regatta and you go but it's a pretty unique sport that's one of those true international sports and a bond between the people involved. I don't, mean, I don't care where you go in the world, you'll almost always find a little pond, a lake or a river and there'll be people sailing and there aren't too many sports that can claim that. And, there really uh, I are. Think that, And you everything about this a glass sport...
0: In... Pardon, Bob?
3: <coughs> and you can do with a glass in your hand.
2: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: True. It's why yes. I think... A lot of people have dedicated their life to it. I mean, Tracy's now giving back through the maiden factor. JB's giving back through helping out swimming and sailing. Uh, You know, Hannah Mills has created her plastic pledge. There's so many people, and she's a lot younger, but there's a lot of people, yourselves, give back with your stories, who find so much joy from the sport, not only within actually being on the water, but the family that we make off the water, which is... And Nick, you, you know, do. the other great thing about the
2: sport is that it's a fabulous leveller. Mm. doesn't matter who you are, where you've come from, how much money you've got, what success you've had or not had, you're a sailor and that's all that matters. And I think that's one of the greatest things about our sport is this common bond. No matter where <laughs> you are in the world, if you're a sailor, you're welcome with open arms.
3: Absolutely. I totally agree with you. Totally oh agree with gosh. you. Oh, my gosh.
0: Stop. Buy a lottery ticket. You're totally agreeing with one another. We've
2: got there. Oh, no, we've, we've, we've agreed on that before. What wine we're going to have, occasionally we'll agree on a label. <laughs> pretty rare, but we've done that from time to time.
0: Yeah. Oh, gosh. I love you, gents. We've stayed online way too long. I usually do an Adventure of the Week. This week we're not doing an Adventure of the Week because, Bob Fisher, you were beautiful. You dialed in, no worries. But getting Rob Mundle on the line was a massive struggle.
2: <laughs> well, we won't go into that, but we're here.
0: You were fashionably late to the party, as <laughs> I just
3: party, want to know always. what you left to get there, Rob.
2: Oh, no, I'm working out of home. This is me in my home, mate. That's, that's a 100-year-old, this is my little Maritime Museum living room. That's a 100-year-old ship steering wheel behind me. It's Wonderful.
1: absolutely
3: beautiful. Yeah, awesome. The to Gold Coast, Coast in Queensland.
0: Left. Before we go... I want to know
3: who you left to get yeah. there.
0: <laughs> well, Bob Bob run the race to adventures this evening, that's for sure. But Rob, do you want to show us your amazing little trinkets that you have? And then we're going to ask Bob to show me his... Oh, um,
2: I, can, bits and I don't do know if I can do this.
0: You can do it, I
2: faith. Hang on, hang on, there we go. There's the ship's steering wheel over there. Now, we go around further. Yep. And in the middle there, that, that is the little sailboat there is a 1922. That's a pond yacht out of Sydney Centennial Park from 1922 era. Then we go around, and uh, welcome to my place, by the way, folks. Um, this is behind we've got the, the uh, There you go, we've got the ship's lantern there, and we've got, that's a J-class model over in the back of the uh, room there. So uh, nautical theme, funnily enough, overlooking the broadwater here on the Gold Coast, beautiful part of the world, love it.
0: Absolutely stunning. And Bob, I've been to your office. You may not be able to spin your webcam around, but there's a million books behind you, sir. Oh, look at this. On fire. Got some books. and there's there, are, also... there are
3: a couple of Picassos up there too.
0: Amazing. Wow. Look. I, um, I know also you're like me. You keep all your media accreditation passes and there's a massive stack of them right near the door. It's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, over there. there. That's it oh wow the pole covered with media accreditation passes
2: that's fish i gotta say i stayed with fish last year in the middle of the year and uh it's in the new forest out in the middle of england absolutely beautiful little cottage great setting if you want a taste of england you've got to go and stay with fisher mum won't mind will she mate
0: are you offering his house for rent rob
2: Absolutely. No, no, just go and stay. There's a spare room upstairs, lovely room overlooking the, the <laughs> garden and the trees and everything else and a little pond. Go and sit beside the pond in the afternoon and have a have a drink.
0: Gosh, you guys are funny. Oh, you can- really? <laughs> oh, you might be able to see now. Life's too I'm
2: short you- to be otherwise.
0: Indeed. You might be able to see now, ladies and gents, why I love these guys so much. They are absolutely incredible humans and we've been very lucky to have them on the show tonight when isolation happened i was not worried about either of you because you both live in beautiful locations and have beautiful support networks around you which is great uh but i know it's been a very odd year but it hopefully we're coming out the other side of it and everyone has stayed as healthy and safe as possible that's the aim of the game isn't it
2: yep live the day indeed Not live for the day, live the day. Live the day. day. That's what I said, Fish.
0: Indeed. Now, Tiana, is there anything else on social media before we close out? I believe, Bob, your daughter's watching, which is lovely. Which one? (laughs) Which one? (laughs) T will check. I've got two. There's been a lot of comments about thanks for sharing your stories and, and behind the scenes because... There's a lot of a lot of people that don't get to experience that joy. And while it is an amazing life being involved with sailing media, it's not easy. Uh it's it's tough. So no. hmm. We get no, the good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, we get the bad.
3: We and get we the get good. the ugly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the very ugly.
2: Then you get from one party to another fish.
0: Well I now, now usually I grab How you and put you, know? you in the cab. Isn't that right,
2: Bob? Yeah. Usually, now like We won't on. go there. I'd leave that alone <laughs> if I was you.
3: Yeah, let's not talk about that one. Oh,
2: yeah. uh, no, <laughs> no.
0: Well, before we go, you you guys started your sailing very young, and obviously you're going to follow sailing until you can no longer. Is there? You've spoken exactly. about your... yeah. You've spoken about your highlight sailors. Is there a highlight event for you?
2: Go fish. Oh, it's a Cup, isn't
3: it? It's the America's Cup.
0: You are missing. Even America's if they're doing cup. it
3: in it, doing it in sort of skates, <laughs> nothing much more than that. It's still I had the a, America's Cup.
2: I had I had a beautiful description of the new boats with the, their hydrofoils a little while back, and they, what they look like out of the water, some guy said, it looks like something that wants to walk up a beach and lay an egg. <laughs> Pretty yeah, appropriate, I them
3: Most of thought. them have. Yeah.
0: And I know, Bob and Rob, you had your own opinions about the America's Cup going foiling, so to speak. Are you happy that the America's Cup is still pushing the envelope in terms of design or would you rather see them go back to 12 metres?
2: The America's Cup always been at the forefront of technology and design as far as I'm concerned when they come up with a class and I think, you know, today it's speed and excitement and drama and I think if we want to get youngsters to into the sport and go with the flow, because that's the premier event, that's the one everyone will watch and and get excited about. I know, for example, up here in the Gold Coast, uh, Southport Yacht Club, we've got a little annex up here. And when the kids started seeing the hydrofoiling boats coming out of uh, San Francisco, we've never had so many youngsters come to the club wanting to take up sailing. And it was because of the hydrofoiling and the excitement. So if ever you want a real piece of evidence about the future, you've got to go with the flow. You've got to go to where it is. And, uh, and I think that's, uh, it's inevitable. You know, for, for old old sailors from yesteryear, they probably struggle to understand it. But it's like a Stanley steamer or a, or a Tesla or whatever, with, you know, electric car now. you just got to be there.
0: Indeed. I agree with
3: you, Rob. I really do agree with you just this time because uh, I don't think you can go back anyway. And um, what are you going to no. do? Go? You've got to go forward. forward. Well, forward. remember...
2: the. The America's Cup back in the, even the days of the 12 metre, you remember calling it, saying, oh, look at this, this is, he's gained two metres there. Yeah, you're just getting very close to Lee Bao. He's, he's gained two metres. My God, his Yachty. the public are yawning, looking at this thing saying, well, where's the exciting <laughs> bit about that? You know, you've got to understand the sport. But the sheer extra, excitement, the thrill of the foilers and, and the associated rig developments and everything else, and the crashing and the burning. That's all for it, it's great.
0: It is, it is incredible. Now, what is also incredible is that you guys have now agreed twice this evening. I'm very impressed. But I'm getting older. I'm going to ask Tiana (laughs) the same question. T, you're 21. Yep. You're a match racer, much like your dad. What is important to you to keep you motivated and, and to keep looking forward in sailing?
1: Um, that's a good question. Um, for me, I get a lot of motivation um, from the team I sail with, the other girls. Um, they keep me inspired and like wanting to push myself harder. Um, and I guess at the moment I'm really lucky with the other teams, not just my team that I'm match racing against. Everyone has a really good relationship on and off the water. Um, So we've got, yeah, friends all around the world and it's really nice during this time we've all stayed um, really connected and pushing ourselves to stay motivated and start getting ready. Like 6th of June couldn't come quick enough. We're ready to get back out sailing. Um, But yeah, I would say it's it's the people.
0: There you go. So not even the technology there from a 21-year-old. Because it's interesting, sometimes when... We're in the sport and we're so in it and we're trying to push technology or push how we want younger people to see it. And I'm, I'm really lucky that I have Tiana. I'm like, well, what do you think? You're 21. What do you think? Because, you know, and so it's still the people. It's interesting.
2: Well, you're, you're generally only as good as the crew person next to you, aren't you? It's a real team spirit. We oh, yeah, all pull, into, yeah. pull Are you guys at good? the same time and go for it. And, um, you know, I think the team spirit that comes out of, Teamwork within a crew is very, very valuable.
1: Yeah.
3: Very, very valuable. The teamwork is all. Now, am I agreeing with Mundle? What the hell is that up? I think
2: that's four times times now, Fish. I think it's four (laughs) times, Fish. That's a that's a world record. Getting older,
3: Rob. That's the trouble. Oh
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) You just want me to buy you some more wine.
0: Now. I think we'll sign off and and let you guys go. But you guys stay on the line because I'm going to chat to you off air once we finish. But uh, I think you'll agree a fourth time is that it was so lovely to have you guys on the show tonight and to see you catching up and to reminisce about so many great times that you've been involved with and thanks for everything that you've given to sailing. It's been amazing. Thanks, Nick. You're doing a great job. Doing my best. Thank you, Nick. Trying to follow in your footsteps. Now everybody, next week, hopefully, we'll have Gosh, Terry. You're getting a
3: lot of mud that way.
0: <laughs> hey, I'm good.
3: <laughs>
0: no, I've, I've. You're one I'm up actually... on us, mate. Can Can I just say to everybody, I'm very lucky. It's a very hard game to break into sailing as a female. It's well, it, it was when I was younger. It's also a very hard game to break into media as a female. Sailor, and I'm definitely the minority. And these two are two of the gents that took me under their wing and were like, "Come with us. We'll show you how it works, and you're one of us." And so that's something that has been amazing for me too. And that's why I love you. So stay there. I'll talk to you in a minute. We're going to go offline next week. Next week, (laughs) cheers. Next week, hopefully we'll have Terry Hutchinson who will be the first of a few America's Cup skippers that we'll talk to in the lead-in the America's Cup next March. Still waiting to see how it will all unfold um, for those AC lovers. And I know that we've got four of us here. So hopefully we'll, we'll see you soon and, and, and we'll talk about so many more things to do with the sport that we love. See you soon, guys. And Nick, don't,
2: don't yeah? forget to toast, toast with your left hand because it's closer to your heart.
0: Oh, I like that. <laughs> I'm left-handed too. I think that's why you I'm panelling with my left hand and
2: I'm- f- Fisher without a drink, I don't believe it.
3: <laughs> Is that a torch? That well, a I'm torch in the office fish? and you know, I, I have to keep something sober.
0: Oh, hang on. I know what we can do. Hang Give on. me one second. We can go back to this screen and we'll, we'll oh, find okay. a screen where Fish has a drink. It's all good. <laughs>
2: <There laughs> it has got go.
0: water. Isn't that bad luck?
2: No, it's gin. Oh, is it? Yeah.
0: I'm trying to find. You
2: don't think that's don't think that's
3: water in my office, do you?
0: <laughs> no, no, no. Founding day, founding day. I just saw it. There it is. All right. There you go. Look, you're cheesing from the pool.
4: Oh, this there
1: one?
0: you go. To the Society of the International Nautical Scribes. Cheers.
2: Got a drink of that. Drink
0: to that. <laughs> drink Thank you, gents.
2: Thank you for that.
0: <laughs> Love you much, Lee. See everybody Thanks, next Nick. week. You're very welcome. See you soon, guys.